So downtown only transforms into strop waffle stores, crab shops, and and wheats. Uh, you know that's you know that's not Amsterdam. That's not my city. That's not my history. Hello and welcome to the Low Season, a podcast about tour guides, tourism, and the future of travel. I'm Wouter Bernard, a tour guide from Berlin, and currently I'm gauging how my fellow guides are navigating the pandemic. Well, Amsterdam is opening up actually now a little bit, but for weeks um, Amsterdam was like a ghost town. My guest today is Henk de Vries from my own hometown of Amsterdam. Henk has been living in Amsterdam for 30 years and has his own tour company called Special Amsterdam Tours. He focuses on architecture and 17th century painters, He does LGBT gay history tours, talks about the royal family and about Holland's famous flowers. Apart from his guiding career, Henk studied international marketing, which comes up a little bit during the conversation. We speak about Amsterdam being overcrowded with the wrong kind of tourists and how the city can and maybe should work actively to change this. There's a little bit of swearing in the beginning of the episode, but here is Henk de Vries. You know, most people, I don't think we were as restrictive as like in Southern Europe. It was more, we'd call it here, an intelligent lockdown. So people were convinced that they had to stay home and work at home, etc. And most people did. So that meant the streets were empty, the streetcars were empty, the metro was empty. And that was it. So quite empty and quite boring, to be honest. And especially if you don't have work you can do at home or like you know you're a tour guide if you don't have anything else that's it you're sitting home alone doing shit nothing right and that's what you did in the beginning and then you start thinking well what's next but um all in all i think you know it's like personally in my environment i haven't known anybody with corona or anybody that was hospitalized or anybody that died and the, the the epicenter was in the south so it's it's still a little bit abstract you know because you hear all the horror stories but we don't have at least i didn't experience anything here but you try to be you know responsible and stay inside and you know and that's the situation at the moment. They are opening up from the uh, beginning of the week and last Friday, people were going out again. So I personally, I found it a little bit scary because it was like too many people, you know, that would mean that in two, three weeks, we'll have another flare up in the uh, in the ICs, the intensive cares. Yeah. What about what about the, the, the city itself? Because um, I, I, of course, know that um, when I go back in, in summer, uh, cycling through the city is a, a very crowded experience. And lots of people about, lots of people walking over the canals. Um, don't go over the dam street, you know, all those kind of places you, you'd rather want to avoid because it's so busy. Um, has, has oh, yeah, how, how is Amsterdam? Do you, do you enjoy Amsterdam without uh, sort of all the tourists or is it like, no, please come back. This is such a boring city. Well, professionally, of course, I wanted to come back because I need to make some money. But privately, I mean, the city is gorgeous without people, you know, and you you walk around because we can walk, we can go outside and we can take walks and cycle and everything. 
So, and the city is empty, and you know, you walk for an hour through the city, and you meet three people, and you, you know, very gracefully, you know, pass them by in a circle, and you see the city more in its beauty. You know, the I love architecture, so you know, you look up at the buildings, and nobody's running you over, nobody is pestering you. It's a uh, the city is from a very beautiful abstract beauty now. Yeah, like um, many conversations I've been having with with people from all over the world right now, especially from the big cities, uh, is this conversation about what uh, tourism in general does to the big cities? How 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 many people can come in? I know Amsterdam, of course, also had this issue with overcrowding. They tried to sort of put people more or direct people more into other cities in the in the Randstad. Um, yeah, how, how do you look on to that debate? Oh, that's very interesting because I've been thinking about it a lot. And also from, from a professional point of view, I think mass tourism is, you know, like Amsterdam was overcrowded and Amsterdam was overcrowded with the wrong kind of tourists from my perspective. What I do is I give very special tours. You know, as a gay man, I give gay tours. I give gay history tours and everything linked to it and only special topics. So what we, the problem is we had here in Amsterdam is that the tourists are too cheap. There's all dr English drunkards who come in for stack parties, get drunk, smoke weed, and piss in the canals. And those are the people who are, you know, not spending any money, eat crap because they're hungry from smoking pot. And, you know, I could do without them. And if they stay away, perfect for me, you know. And I think for in the future, you know, if... If plane tickets are going to be more expensive, that will rule out a certain class of tourism that only wants to go for the cheap, cheap, cheap. This year, this year, for instance, is the first year that free tours are banned in Amsterdam. I don't know if you have that in Berlin. Here on the on them, yeah, in Dam Square, there would be you, you could join a free tour, and then you would then you could tip them in the end. And I've seen I've seen colleagues do that. And then they have a group of 30 people, which is too big for the city. They, they block streets and everything. And then at the end of the tour, they sneak away without even giving a tip. You know, and that's cheap tourism. You know, if you if you give a good tour and, you know, you put your passion into it, people should pay for it. So they banned the free tours here and you have to get a permit now. And the tours are limited to 15 persons now. So from my point of view, point of view, my perspective, that's only good because you get tourists who want to know something about my city, who want to know something about history and and you they get value for money. Yeah. The 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 argument there is that um, I've, I've got many colleagues of mine who also do free tours as well. It's quite a big business in Berlin. The argument is, is that um, if you restrict the tours to only well-paid tours if you make travel expensive you kind of encourage a sort of elitism of traveling the travel becomes this kind of a luxury and that budget tourism isn't yeah affordable anymore for people that don't make so much money that's true in a, in a sense that's true you know uh, traveling uh, was an elite thing you know look at the grand tour in the past but i think it's been gone a little bit over the top you know english tourists coming from manchester flying to amsterdam is cheaper than taking the train from manchester to london which is ridiculous you know i can fly for 30 euros from amsterdam to berlin but by train it's five times as much 
ridiculous, you know. So, so every everything has to be have value for money. You know, it's like uh, now now it doesn't mean anything for people anymore to travel. They go three times a year on a city trip to Berlin, to Berlin, to Barcelona, to Amsterdam because they pay fifty euros. Uh, you know, if they if people would save up a little bit more money and then go once a year, then they can do the really nice things. I think I, th- I think I think it's the excesses of mass tourism that hopefully will yield out. You know, Berlin is a bigger city than Amsterdam, but you know, it's like we had little riots in the red light districts of drunken tourists, English tourists who wouldn't want to listen to the police and stop drinking beer in the streets and being. Uh, high on weed, you know, that's the excesses you get when things are getting too cheap and they're only interested in that. They're not interested in my tours. They're not interested in architecture of Amsterdam or having a beautiful meal. You know, it destroys the center of the, and the core of the city because the bookstore disappears because the crab shop is making can pay the rent, which the bookstore cannot. So downtown only only transforms into strop waffle stores, cram shops, uh, cram crab shops, and and wheats. Uh, you know that's and that's that's boring. You know that's not Amsterdam. That's not my city. That's not my history. Tell tell me tell me a bit about your Amsterdam because of course you you offer um, so special Amsterdam tours. Uh, you you said you were doing gay tours as well. T- tell me a little bit about what what the kind of um, yeah what what kind of tours you offer and how you talk about Amsterdam. Well, Amsterdam used to be gay cities in the, in the 90s, and I experienced that all. And so I started doing the gay tour because nobody did it. And I, I thought, I found that it was necessary to tell the story of LGBT emancipation. So my niche is kind of like LGBT tourists, which does not mean I don't want straight people in the tour because I want straight people also know what my history is and how hard we fought to get civil rights. You know, you can get married now for 19 years in in Holland, gay men and women, 19 years, that's it. In Germany, only since last year which is scandalous, of course. So my tour is entertaining, gives a history fact, but also has a little bit of an activistic aspect in it because I want to convince people like, listen, this is this just started, you know. So from that point of view, you know, it's like I want more tourists, more visitors, I would like to call them, to my city who want to have all those different aspects of the city, of the architecture, of the 17th century art, of LGBT emancipation. That's what I want to focus on. That's what that's the story I want to tell. People who want a little bit want the experience. Now how do, how does Amsterdam serve as a as a backdrop for your tour specifically? Well we start at the Homer Monument, of course, because the Homer Monument, 1987, is the first monument in the world for gay victims. You know, gays have been prosecuted throughout the centuries and never been respected. So on the on the, on the Kaisers Canal, behind the Vesta Church, the oldest Protestant church in Amsterdam, we go along 
the canals on Dam Square, where the palace is, the former city hall, and every location where I stop, there is gay history from the 17th century, the 19th century, the 20th century, you know, things you you would never have discovered behind those walls, what happened there, you know, which some people in the community don't even know, let alone other people. So it's, you know, everything from the 17th century up to the 20th century from a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. Do, how, how have you been coping with the fact that you can't give uh, any tours? Um, are, are you looking for something else to do? Are you improving on your own business? What, what has been driving you so far? Yes, that's a very good question because it's been really, really very frustrating because in the beginning you're waiting and you're enjoying your time. And the season looked so really good. I always take a break in January, February. And, you know, I had the bookings, I had the groups. So it was, you know, I was looking really forward to it. And then it halted and was stopped and it was... And there was no perspective and there's still no perspective because I think it's going to take a long time before tourists really come back in numbers that will, you know, generate some tours. So first you study, you, you know, you do all the things to catch up that you didn't have time to before. Then you start thinking like, okay, if this is not happening this year, what next? So now I've decided to focus on um, national tourism. So I hope to get more Dutch people in the tour. I hope to get more straight people in the tour. But I'm also looking at getting a part-time job somewhere, which is also not very easy. You know, the mortgage still needs to be paid. So that's really a big worry. What I'm also interested in is like how our cities are going to fare. You were talking already earlier about the fact that mass tourism isn't isn't good for the city. Um, but of course, tourism has been a major economic boost for the city at large through taxes and, and all kinds of things. What, what do you think will happen to Amsterdam um, if tourism won't come back over the next couple of years? Well, Amsterdam, I think, has the advantage that it's a very diversified city. So, I mean, we got the logistics here, we got the harbor here, we got the airport here, we got a lot of European headquarters here, the, um, you know, the creative industry is here. So it's not like Amsterdam lives only off tourism. So that's the advantage of it. It will take, it will take something out. Um, personally, I think, I think, you know, if, Amsterdam would benefit if uh, less uh, tourists would come. But um, although I, do, I although I do know that the national the marketing boards here are only interested in mass tourism, it's my my opinion. Huh? It's like you know I just gave an interview to the Gay Krant, which is the gay newspaper here, the gay national newspaper, and I said like you know I want. LGB tourists here, not not English drunk drunk people, and by LGBT tourists mean I mean people who are interested in Amsterdam, people who come here for the vibe, for the architecture. If you come here to get loaded and get high on weed, I am not interested in you. But the but the marketing board here is like oh you know do we? My question is do you mark do you do you advertise for the LGBT community? You know, it's like the amount of Americans we have here. 
you know, who come to see Amsterdam, who spend a load of money. But the, the marketing board is like, well, Amsterdam is for everybody. And that's why that's why we get all the drunken English tourists here. And and uh, we got so many problems here. If we would focus more on what kind of people do we really want in our city, then I think we would get the right amount of people. Yeah, I think this is something that all all cities are thinking about now. But I, I think it's also quite difficult. Like we're, it it can feel as an individual tour guide, um, you have no control over what's happening. You just are happy that you get a tour. You 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 work. You get your money. You pay your rent. Um, and for, for, for many people, especially a lot of my colleagues, but I can imagine many people also in Amsterdam, um, yeah, without all these people coming in, it also means that uh, they have to find something else to do. Yes, yes. Like I said, I personally myself am looking for a part-time job somewhere else so I can continue doing, giving the tours and... Um, but it's not it's not enough. So I I need to get another job. It would be fantastic if we would start to appreciate our healthcare workers again. You know, those people in hospitals they were not making huge amounts of money. They were not. You know, and now they are essential for for the for society. Let's see how essential they are when this is all over and they're asking for a pay raise. What about the the, the tour guides? Are they essential for society? Um, I think traveling uh, makes better people. Traveling opens perspectives, shows you how the world is from the other side of the ocean. At least that, that's my point of view. That's how it should be. Um, so it makes better people. But you have to, and therefore you need tour guides as well, because you can buy a book to tell you what's beautiful in the Rex Museum. But, you know, human contact and human transfer of information and passion, I think, is what makes life beautiful. So I think in the, in the, in the, in the human experience, I think tour guides will continue to, to exist. But um, I, do, I do believe that there need to be more appreciation for, um, you know, the, the effort you have to do to become a good tour guide you know it's like when i do a tour you know there's so much background information that i have generated to give this tour the tour that i developed that i give you know it's like there's so much behind it and that's why i can give it with the passion i do it and that should be rewarded because it's something you otherwise you don't get you don't have you don't get well, Hank, um, I want to thank you so much for sharing your perspectives on tour guiding in, in Amsterdam at the moment. Really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me. It's also really nice to hear uh, about my, my hometown, you know, to see, uh, yeah, to see that everything is still continuing there, but sort of in a different pace. Well, we're still here, Wouter, so you can always come back and uh, join us. <laughs> thank you so much, Hank. Thank you very much, Wouter. Talk to you again. Henk de Vries from Amsterdam with some very clear ideas about what he doesn't want from tourism in a city. And it makes me wonder about whether there is something like the wrong kind of tourist or maybe the wrong kind of tourism. Henk explained that although the city of Amsterdam recognizes the city is bursting at its seams, 
it is reluctant to take any measures to actively stop tourists from coming in. But the marketing board is like, well, Amsterdam is for everybody. And we also heard from Alexander in St. Petersburg last week that marketing is an incredibly powerful tool in shaping visitors' expectations and desires. Regional and municipal marketing strategies go a long way in redirecting the crowds. But I wonder if there's anything we can do as guides and tour companies to create livable cities and sustainable tourism. If you have ideas around this topic and you want to share your thoughts, join our discussion group on Facebook called The Low Season Real Talk. Henk de Vries has started doing tours again. You can find his website and the tours he's running in the show notes. It's specialamsterdamtours.nl. That was it for today. On Wednesday, we're back with Patrick Charel from Munich. The politics and government likes to rely on us us in the means of our trade as a whole, you know, they say we are the cultural ambassadors and of course we are. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by Christopher White. Giorgio Riungo and I should definitely make a trip to Amsterdam pronto. Speak soon, my friends. English drunkards who come here for stack parties get drunk, smoke weed, and piss in the canals. You know, I could do without them. And if they stay away, perfect for me.